What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Monday. I'm Will Brinson. This is CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. This is our weekly recap show featuring me and my best blog friends, Ryan Wilson, Sean Wagner, McGuff, John Breach, and, of course, Philip, Philip, Philip. It's all about Philip. I hate Phil. <laughs> that is Kevin from the office. I figured out how to do sound drops. Actually figured out how to do it. Guys, I couldn't be more excited. And of course, my Los Angeles Chargers, the team that's going to ruin my Kansas City Chiefs uh, AFC West bet, the team that's going to win the Super Bowl of the year I finally didn't pick them, went into Pittsburgh, Ryan, and did something no team in NFL history has ever done before, which is beat the Pittsburgh Steelers when they were trailing by more than 14 points in, in Pittsburgh, um, how do your tears taste? Salty. I'm regretting putting that uh, Kevin drop uh, in our little slack room so you would have it at your disposal. I thought we could all enjoy it quietly and privately. Bill, and, Bill, uh, Bill. It's all about Philip. I hate Philip. The great irony is my uh, first name is Philip, so Kevin could be talking to me. Uh, yeah, look, the Steelers came out. Whooped up on the Chargers in the first half. Anthony Lynn went in at halftime and must have been angry about something, and, and they played much better. Uh, you know where I'm going to start with this. Uh, there were some questionable calls that, that could have gone uh, the other way. And uh, I think Breach wrote about this when it happened a few weeks ago when the Chargers had a false start and not called against them. They scored, and, and uh, it helped them beat the the Browns. Uh, that, uh, that linesman, whoever's in charge of, of – literally watching to see if their false starts. He was fired a day or two later. Happened again on, on Sunday night, and that was egregious. Like Anyone could have seen that happening. I don't know how they missed it. Uh, at halftime, the officials told Tomlin they were sorry that they missed it. And uh, to make up for it, they allowed a block in the back on a punt return. <laughs> the second half, the 15 points there. But I will say this, and I don't like to blame officiating for why teams lose. Roethlisberger missed a wide-open Justin Hunter in the first half. He couldn't have been more wide-open. It, it was a terrible throw, possibly worse than the interception he threw to, to, to Derwin James on a um, – I don't even know what kind of arm punt that was. I can't compare to to something maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick arm punt-esque. But anyway, it would have been in the red zone. That's at least 10 points that uh, Roethlisberger took off the board by himself. So, you know, 25 points there. But if the Steelers just did what they were supposed to do, they could have overcome the 15 points that uh, the refs – aided the, the Chargers in, in getting. But that said, hats off to Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is so incredibly good and so incredibly frustrating because he has nine kids. He wants to have ten. He doesn't curse when he smack talks, which might be the most irritating thing in the world about him. I don't know who smack talks without cursing. If you're saying dad gummit while you're lighting up another team, <laughs> nothing must be more frustrating than watching that that goofball, that stupid haircut. He hadn't had a haircut in three weeks. He looks like Brenton does right now. Uh, half row going on. It was a beat down. And I will say this also. Justin Jackson came out of nowhere. Congratulations to him. Don't know who you are, but Jim Allen, I know who he is. You know, you know the, you know. I, I bet if you could ask like the draft experts, they would know who Justin Jackson is. Seventh round pick out of out of Northwestern. <laughs> you did not, you did not know who he was either. By the way, you, Justin you should, Jackson didn't know who he was. I, I I asked you what you thought about the win. I I forgot to say hi, John, and hi, Sean. Hi, John. Don't worry. We'll talk to those guys later. Let me well, I'm surprised we're even having a conversation. I didn't think the game was going to end with all those false starts. Speaking of your officiating, Wilson. Yeah, they they got those false starts right. Actually, I was just sort of hoping they would continue to the false starts. Let me say one more thing quickly, and then we can can go. No, on. no, no, keep ranting. I just, I, yeah, I, yeah, I want I want to keep listening to this. Actually, no, 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 no. Allen, it's good. I just always I always feel bad when 
you, like I, I do that too. Like you do the podcast, you and like Breach just sitting there. He hadn't said like, "Hey," he hadn't been introduced to the conversation to the audience, and he's sitting there in his Santa hat, bobbing and weaving and waiting for you to quit ranting about the rest. But keep ranting about the rest, by all means. Well, first of all, as a narcissist, uh, you don't care what other people are doing. So let's yeah, be not, not at all. And, and I got to tell you, Philip Rivers' hair is on fire. Like you yeah, got, you you're got, looking in a mirror. That's why. Oh my god, it's incredible. Yeah, like all of like every look like. He looks, like he looks like me. He looks like me. He's like he a looked like an extra in nine hundred two one zero. I have no idea what was going on. But I'll just one more thing. Keenan Allen is amazing. He is not fast. He's not close to being fast. But he has. I want to see who has quicker feet than him in the NFL. If you do one of those ladder drills, him against Tyreek Hill, I'm taking Keenan Allen. He was lighting up people just by doing dance moves five yards within the line of scrimmage. Um. So yeah, hats off to the Chargers. Their team you don't want to face. They could still win that division. Uh, the Steelers feel a little heat from the Ravens. We'll talk about them in a little bit, but I, I think the way the schedule sets up, if the Steelers can go to Oakland and win that game and who, who the hell knows if they can do that now, they'll be fine. But, uh, huge loss for them. Disappointing. Tomlin didn't want to say anything about the officiating because he'd get fined, but, um, that certainly played a part in the, in the loss as well as Big Ben, Big Ben and it up, uh, three or four times on Sunday night. Uh, breach. Your thoughts. Your thoughts. I was just going to say that if I'm Mike Tomlin, I pull out my checkbook during my press conference, write one for about 50 grand out to the NFL and while it's being filmed so everybody can clearly see what's going on. And then I just go on a rant because, I mean, God knows I am not going to defend the Steelers. I would literally be the last person in the world to ever defend the Steelers. But that was such an atrociously officiated game uh you know the guy we, you, you already mentioned it Wilson the false start that led to the Steelers or the Chargers touchdown and the ref in this game was Bill Venevich who is like official ref of Sunday night football this was his fourth time and because the NFL doesn't want to look stupid they put their best officiating crew on Sunday night uh, and we've seen what's happened the last two times they've tried to put super crews together you know the Monday night game was a disaster and uh, this game, the Steelers got just hosed on two calls. So at home, not even home cooking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would have loved it if Tomlin went off. I would have loved it if he went opposite of Philip Rivers and just used a curse word within every other sentence. I would have loved it if the NFL fined him a hundred thousand. It would have been nonstop talked about, but none of that's going to happen now. And uh, sadly, the AFC North is upper grabs and, and the Bengals can't win it. So I'm, I'm done. Part. The sad part is that they lost. The sad part is that the Bengals are out of it. The Bengals are terrible. Uh, we'll get to them in a second. By the way, worth noting, uh, Joe Schobert, uh, Brown's linebacker, points out uh, on Twitter, the Chargers long snapper is notorious for twitching and moving the ball before he snaps. Pointed out to the refs during our game and was told he's been doing it his whole career. It's not going to get called. Uh, this is the same guy, of course, that was snapping the ball on the, uh, the three straight offsides plays to end the games in which if Pittsburgh hadn't been offsides on the first one. We're we're probably not recording this podcast because the game's still in overtime. And Philip Rivers isn't playing for the Chargers because he would have been arrested for murdering Mike Badgley had he missed the game potential game winning kick at the end of that game. Rivers, uh, by the way, as noted by Ryan, um, it was announced that or reported, I guess, that he and his wife are expecting their ninth child. Nine. And he wants to go for double digits. He said uh, reportedly. So I mean, if you're at nine, who cares? You might as well go for fifteen. At that point, you don't know their names. You're not going to No learn. one. See, Ryan, a lot of guys are sizzle, like to show up on game day, show up, try and act like they do, put in the work. No, no, no. Sean, you know what? Nobody puts in the work, the practice, the reps, like Philip Rivers, okay? No one what puts in the reps. About? 
Okay. What are we? Uh, what are we talking about? You know, hey, buddy, you don't get you don't get nine kids. I that's... thought this was like a read and an ad read. Now he's talking about <laughs> Philip Rivers. Yeah, it's just Philip Rivers ad read. Do you think the Chargers are it's giving a, Rivers like a hundred thousand dollar bonus per kid just so they can fill up StubHub Field? Like that's how bad they need <laughs> to fill the stadium up. Philip, have another kid. We'll throw some money your way. Uh, there's no other way we're filling that place up. First of all, it was a sex joke. Um, it didn't go over well. Practice. Sean's never had sex, isn't he? <laughs> wow. 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 Ten minutes of the podcast for breaking <laughs> up. That, that, that's that's going further past the line than we're that's, used to. Also. Sorry, guys. I, there's nothing it's wrong with that. And the funny thing is, I'm the only one here that isn't married, so <laughs> probably take it beat the other way around. Ooh, ooh. There's nothing wrong with not Sean, having Sean there's, there's nothing wrong with not having sex. Lots of dads spend uh spend hours hours a week, days a week, months a week, days a month not having sex. Uh second of uh, all Philip Rivers. Not Philip Rivers, that's right. Philip Rivers, man. He's having a lot of sex. Nine kids! That is insane. That dude smiles more than anyone I know. <laughs> like Sean does Sean does, has nothing going on. He's single. Living by himself, living the dream. You don't see him smile half as much as Phil Rivers and that stupid haircut is. And I mean, the, the facial expressions, they kept doing like close ups on Phil during the game. They're incredible. Like one, he's like, he's going to do like the, like the pouty lip face. Like he just found out what his daycare bill is for nine bleeping kids. Um, I think the Chargers, so the Chargers are interesting really quickly on them because if you look at their schedule, uh, they are going to get a look at just like last year. Potentially taking the division from the Chiefs. Um, you know, the Chiefs have two losses. The Chargers have three. Uh, and, and the Chargers are going to play the Bengals next week. That's a free win because the Bengals stink. No offense, John. I'm not even flaming you. They're just terrible. Um, and then they're going to go at the Chiefs on, I think, what is this? Oh, it's a Thursday night, right? Or is it a Saturday night? At the Chiefs on December 13th. Um, in a Thursday, Thursday Thursday night game on Fox in Arrowhead Stadium, and there's a really good chance that the division will be on the line, or at least a tie in the division. And this is pretty stunning, considering the Chargers like to poop their pants around this time. I think that they'll well, do that. Well, they've in gone down the schedule, though. Don't stop there. Then they play the Ravens, and then they're at the Broncos. That's some work to do. Well, sure, but I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they won their last four games and finished thirteen and three. I would. I mean, they could also go two and two there. Sure. They're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. They won. The win in Pittsburgh put them in the playoffs. They're going to beat the Bengals. They're going to win one more of those games. They're going to get to 11 wins. They're going to be in the playoffs, Sean. I think not only that, I I think they're the second best team in the AFC. And I've I've been saying it for a couple of weeks. They're obviously not going to have home field because I guess what you're saying, they could win the division. You mean behind the the Texans, right? Sorry? You mean behind the Texans? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, behind the Chiefs, but yeah, yeah, I got that. Part. To 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 your point about them beating the Chiefs is that um they just added Joey Bosa to their roster, which is probably the biggest midseason acquisition that you could get. And the Chiefs just lost Kareem Hunt, and I think that is a massive swing in talent that um wasn't the case when the two teams saw each other in Week One. The Chiefs got worse in the last week. In the last two weeks. The Chiefs just added one of the best pass rushers, or sorry, the Chargers just added one of the pass rushers in the in football. So and I so I think that I'm not saying they're going to catch the Chiefs because I do think what Ryan's saying. If you look at that entire schedule, I don't think they might not win in Denver. I think that's a tough game. Um, but I think they've gotten better in the last couple of weeks, and I think the Chiefs have gotten a little bit worse. 
Chiefs, by the way, I have the Ravens at home, the Chargers in that game, of course, at the Seahawks, and then the Raiders at home. So, I mean, basically, Chiefs have a little bit easier schedule, but not, I mean, not really. I mean, the Bengals. I don't are, know if the, the Chargers are number two either. I just don't see. I don't know any team right, other we, than maybe Kansas City that's going into New England. Do that's we all. agree that the Chiefs are the number one team in the AFC? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Everybody agrees. John, do you agree with that? Outside the Bengals. No. Who's your number one then? I mean, I really, really liked how. I mean, we'll talk about the Patriots in a second, but I'm kind of. If we're grading right now, I like the Patriots and right. I like the Chargers and Chiefs as tied for one B. And it, like, and everything Sean said is completely accurate. So I, you know, I'm. I almost have the Chiefs in the three spot right now. I need to see them in a game or two without Cream Hunt because they looked sloppy today, which again we'll talk about. Uh, so I'm not sold on them right now. Chargers, you know, Chargers defense. Revamp their offense in the middle of the season. It's not easy. So we'll see what happens there. But right now I'd go Patriots, Chiefs, like a centimeter over the Chargers. I think the Chargers are a more complete team than the Chiefs. It's just the Chiefs offense is that much better and kind of offsets the difference. Well, I was and does ask- Patrick Mahomes have nine kids? No. Exactly. Uh, He's I was, one of Phil Rivers' kids. No I was going to ask, who's your, second, who's your second team? So Sean's got the Chargers. Um, I mean – I don't know. I think I would still. I think I might still take the Patriots, but the Chargers. Yes, absolutely. They're going to be at home. When yeah. we get, look, when we get to the Patriots, I have. I'm going to lay out for you why they're going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, well, let's get right. Oh to wow. It. Well, what let's let's, 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 let's quickly. I'm going to that back in about well, that. here's the crazy thing: is that whoever finishes the second as the second team in the AFC West is probably going to end up playing the AFC North winner in the wild card round, which is just going to be bonkers based on what we saw with the Steelers Chargers game. Bonkers, let's, guys. Let's quickly get to the Raiders and Chiefs because the Raiders beat the, I mean, the Chiefs beat the Raiders, uh, 40 to 33. Closer game than a lot of people imagine. Closer game than the spread indicated was 14 and a half. Uh, Mahomes, 23 of 38, 295 yards, four touchdowns. Mahomes actually the leading rusher for the Chiefs in this game too. Spencer Ware only 14 carries for 47 yards, although he did score. Travis Kelsey was a monster. 12 catches on 13 targets, 168 yards and two touchdowns. Should have had a third catch, but it was, he was ruled down, uh, at the nine. And then I believe, um, uh, that, that was the, the driver Ware scored. Uh, Sean, do you worry about this team without Spencer Ware? I mean, without Kareem Hunt and with Spencer Ware in there? No, not at all. Um, I mean, I think they got worse. I'm not worried about them, though. Um, what I thought was impressive is that Patrick Mahomes' stats were really good, but I think if you watch this game, I think he looked a little bit off at times. He missed a couple uh, deep balls. Him and Tyreek Hill were not on the same page the entire game. Tyreek Hill only had one catch for 13 yards. He had a couple big overthrows. And you take all of that, and then you look at his final numbers. He threw for almost 300 yards, averaged almost eight yards per attempt, had four touchdowns, and pretty much seized, at least in my in my book, the MVP lead back over from Drew Brees. And mm. that's pretty impressive considering the last two weeks when we run our MVP poll, Drew Brees has been the unanimous first place finisher in all five ballots. Um, so it, it, I think it's just really telling that Mahomes can be off and he can, and this is what he looks like when he's a little bit off. Mm, I agree. I think that Mahomes took the MVP. I don't think that we read uh, too much into this. Just it was a weird week for the Chiefs. The whole Kareem Hunt thing, and, and I mean, you know, we'll, we'll be talking about that more this coming week. I mean, obviously Kareem Hunt, for anyone who doesn't know somehow, uh, released after a, a, a horrible video was, uh, you know, popped up on Friday, the TMZ unearthed of him, um, assaulting a woman in a hotel, uh, uh, hallway. But, weird week for the Chiefs. 
Raiders played pretty well. I think you do have to be worried about the Chiefs defense though, right? I mean, like the Chiefs, the Chiefs can't, the Chiefs, the Raiders scored 33 points. The Patriots and the, and the Chargers are going to score 50 on them. They won't be able to stop any of those good teams if they can't stop the Raiders. So that is a red flag, but you know, the Chiefs got the win on the road on a, on a, on a weird week. Um, when, when, you know, they were heavily favored and they, and they, they were trying to re, rejigger their offense. So I, I think you give them a little bit of credit to the Patriots then, Ryan. They took care of business. 24 to 10 against the Minnesota Vikings at home. Tom Brady, of course, historically crossed a thousand yard career rushing threshold. He also threw for 311 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, Josh Gordon caught that touchdown. He outplayed Kirk Cousins, who your boy Kirby was bad on the big stage again. Yeah, so here's the thing. I was watching that game and, and thinking about it, and I think about it just about every time the Patriots played. They're in such a god-awful division, and it's been that way literally Tom Brady's entire career. They realigned the uh, divisions back in 2002, and I went back and looked because I was curious because the AFC East is basically gerrymandering when it comes to voting. You sort of make the uh, the, the, the outline of where you want your voters to, to be to enhance your best chance of, of winning the election, and that's what the AFC East is. So I went through every division since 2002 when they realigned and 16 years, how many times do you think the Patriots have won the AFC East? Uh, 15. 14. Jets won one, Dolphins won one. Dolphins and, uh, won in, uh, in, uh, Camp- oh wait. Yeah. 2008 when Brady got injured. That's right. What's the other, what's the other year? Uh, Jets, the year no two. Yeah, they missed the playoffs after they won their first two. Right, 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 right. Yeah, in 08 was when Ronnie Brown was running the, the, uh, Wildcat every other play and they couldn't figure it out with Matt Castle. 14 times. So the rest, every other division, what do you think the highest number uh, of division winners is for one particular team? Uh, um, since they realigned? Yeah, 02. 02 to 20, 26, 2017. 16 seasons. Uh, Eight. That's too high. I'll say it's like five. It's nine. The Colts. Nine. Oh, that's Steelers, Steelers eight. Uh, three teams in the AFC North. The Texans have won four. The Broncos have won six. Chargers five. The Eagles seven. Cowboys four. Packers nine. Vikings four. Panthers five. They lead that division, which is sort of crazy. Saints four. Falcons four. All right, all right. One more. Seattle. The Seahawks. Tampa. Tampa. Tampa one. There was one. No, let's see. Tampa has. Tampa probably has like four or five because they had Gruden. But the point is that. It is so incredibly crazy how they have five wins basically every year because they play in that god-awful division. And um, if you look at their schedule, you probably have in front of you, that to me tells me they have – I don't know what the actual odds are, but I feel like they have uh, like a 55 or 60% chance to, to be the first seed based on what the Chiefs have to do and based on what the Patriots don't have to do. They place – the only tough team they have left is the Steelers, and the Steelers aren't winning that game. Let's be honest about it. So they could finish – what? <laughs> they have four games left, so they're going to go 4-0. Right? I mean, they're playing at Miami where they're like one in a four. Is Ronnie Brown going to be out there, Breach? Hey, man, yeah, they have one in Miami. They, they struggle in Miami. They've lost four of their past five in South Florida, man. That'll Broncos in, out, in, they party, they all party. and That'll come I'm in two years when the Super Bowl's in, in South Florida. Maybe some other team will win it. But I do feel like that, that they could be the number one seed very, very easily. Mm. I tend to agree with that. I think like, the Patriots just – they're, they're – they're just doing what they do, and that's rounded to form in December. I don't. I I, I pick the Vikings to get the spread like a like a moron. I mean, all the Patriots do is cover uh, in in December. So I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking um, in, in doing that. And Tom Brady hasn't looked perfect this year. He's been basically kind of average, Sean. But I, I do think that this is a Patriots team that is good enough. 
um, to easily get the number one seed or get a buy. Right now, they would get a buy in sixty four percent of the scenarios. Um, if they beat the if they beat the Dolphins and the Steelers, it's a ninety two percent. And then they had the Bills and Jets at home to close out. And obviously, if they win, if they go four and zero, they're going to get it, right? Yeah, I don't think I don't. I wasn't impressed by the Patriots' offense at all in this game. Um, I think Brady's stats were also boosted a bunch by this checkdowning through the James White. They gained like fifty yards at the end of the first half. Um, what I'm not sure about this game is the Vikings' offense was terrible. Kirk Cousins was terrible, and I'm. Not sure if that was because of the Patriots' defense. And if it was more because of the Patriots' defense being good, then I buy fully into this performance because if they can get just a slightly better than average um, defense, I think they're maybe they are better than the Chiefs. Um, but just watching this game from the Vikings' perspective, they Kirk Cousins was so bad. This might have been one of the worst quarterback games I've watched this year. It was just check down after check down after check down. I think Dalvin Cook had something like eight catches for 20 yards. And if you look at his like passing chart, everything is just by the line of scrimmage. And whenever he does go deep, he overthrows his receivers or he gets picked. Um, I thought he was terrible. And, and this is three straight big games for the Vikings. He's played terrible in two of the games now. One of them was against the Bears, which is understandable on the road. Um, this one's in New England, I guess. But I think if you're paying that much money, you're expecting more from Kirk Cousins. And I thought he was atrocious. Um, and I'm a little bit off the Vikings, not because they lost to the Patriots on the road, which is understandable, but just because of how poorly Kirk Cousins played. And I frankly don't know if you go into a big game if you trust him. Fair enough. I I don't think I don't think he wins on a big stage. I mean, like that sounds like a cheesy Priscoism or something, but um, he just doesn't like he doesn't win big games. He's never won a playoff game. He eggs every time they need him to win and step up in a big spot, and uh, he egged in this. In this, like he, he played well. Four point six, four point six yards per attempt. Dalvin Cook averaged nine point three yards per carry. So Dalvin Cook was twice as efficient running the ball than the quarterback was throwing it. Well, and I, by the way, Dalvin Cook looked awesome. And I, but I, I do think too, like last week, we maybe got fooled by Kirk Cousins and the Vikings because they played well against the Packers. As it turns out. The Packers are freaking terrible. And the Packers lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Sort of buried the lead here. The Packers lost to the Arizona Cardinals at home, 20 to 17. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was once again pretty grumpy and, and generally, uh, you know, you know, his, his angry self didn't play very well. Uh, 31 of 50 for 233 yards, one touchdown. Kirk Cousins would love those numbers. Um, 13 catch, 13 targets, eight catches to Devontae Adams, one touchdown. And then of course, breach after the game. Surprisingly, I thought because it happened in the middle of the season, the guy's got a freaking street named after him in, in Green Bay. Mike McCarthy was fired. Uh, they should tear down the street sign, close the street, and blow it up because just forget all memories of Mike McCarthy. I mean, this game today was a total disaster. You have the Cardinals coming from like the hottest city in the country. It's like 90 degrees in Phoenix all the time. They play in an indoor stadium. This is, they have to go play in perfect Green Bay weather. If there is one time I'm never going to bet against the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, it's when it's 25 degrees and snowing in December at Lambeau Field. This seemed like a lock. And then the Packers just went out and everything we've been mentioning for the past 11 weeks that's wrong with them uh, just kind of came out on the field. The offense just looks completely discombobulated. Uh, the defense had trouble stopping the Cardinals, which no other team in the NFL has had an issue with this year. And honestly, it looked like 
zero of those players want to be out in the field. It looked like the Packers just want to pack up and go home at halftime. So, you know, you had to make a change because everyone looks disinterested. And I'm completely on board with this McCarthy firing. Good night. Bye, Mike. I hope he gets a job. I'll see him in Cleveland. But, uh, nah, this, I mean, the Packers had to make a move. And I don't, this, think, I don't know if you had to make it in the middle of the season, though. I mean, like, why you was, make a statement. Wilkes. He's a lame duck. Let him hang around that. I'm fine with that. Tony Dungy was saying on, on NBC, the Sunday night pregame show, that this was incomprehensible that you would fire him in the middle of the season. What are you waiting for? Why keep him around? I think Breach is exactly right. I mean, you out of, out of, res- out of respect to the guy who brought you a Super Bowl. Look, he ain't running the local drugstore and he's 95 years old. <laughs> this is Packers. <laughs> So I think it's okay. Look, I, look, I'm sorry he lost his job. You know, if we if we're terrible at our jobs, we get fired in December. They don't wait till oh, let's wait till after the Super Bowl and, and make sure they feel okay. You, you get kicked out. I mean, that's the deal. Bill up, bill up, bill. That's right. Although, uh, who was the president of the Packers? What's his name? Uh, Mark Murphy. Mark Murphy. Yeah, Mark Murphy. Mark Murphy. Mark Murphy. I hate Mark Murphy. <laughs> By the way, but, so uh, uh, Adam Schefter just quickly though. Um, I would not hire him in Cleveland. That's not a question, but I, that's a, I, I think that would be terrible for, for Baker Mayfield. I, I do think it's interesting. Like, I mean, the, the guy's been a great head coach, but like, what would he be like without Aaron Rodgers? Well, would he, would he try and make, 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 would he try and make Baker Mayfield run his system? And what would happen if Baker Mayfield tried to run a system that Aaron Rodgers has been running that is outdated and it doesn't feature spread concepts and, um, and modern day, you know, pick routes, rub routes, all this other stuff that you can use. I mean, we, we were talking about how his out, offense is outdated for years. Uh, by the way, only two, uh, former, Super Bowl winning head coaches were fired in the middle of the season by the team that they won the Super Bowl with. Don McCafferty fired at five games into the 1972 season after winning the Super Bowl two years prior by the Colts. And he probably deserved it. Ryan was right. 21. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. That's cool. pretty good, Sean. And, um, you know, it's funny, like, we got rid of Prisco and Costos on the same podcast, and now we, now we make the age jokes. Um, and then, uh, Mike McCarthy fired. Also, other Super Bowl winning coaches fired by the team that they won the Super Bowl with, per Adam Schefter. Hank Stram, McCafferty, Tom Landry, Mike Ditka, George Seifert, Mike Shanahan, Brian Billick, John Gruden, and now Mike McCarthy. Uh, you'll wonder where's Jimmy Johnson? He, he resigned, as did, uh, Somebody else resigned. By the way, no one's looking back at that list and saying, you know what, player uh, Coach X should not have been fired. That was the wrong thing to do. No, that's fine. I just think that McCarthy, like, McCarthy had to, like, leave on his own street. He had to walk out to his own street, to his own he car. He could have the back way. I guess. I, I think they should have given it until the end of the season. This is a horrific loss. I get it. Uh, all right, if you had to pick one person, guys, you get to pick the next guy to coach Aaron Rodgers. Who would you go with, Sean? Hugh Jackson. That's but that's because I root for the demise of the Packers organization. So Hugh Jackson, final answer. Matt Nagy. Mark Trespin, number two. Number three, John Fox. I'm I can play, the, I can keep playing this game. I, I'm going Luke Rogers. Luke Rogers. Luke Rogers. I like Luke. Luke is my favorite, uh, Rogers brother by far. Uh, Ryan, who, who would you like to see as the next coach of the Packers? You mentioned, uh, what's Oklahoma's coach? Riley. What's his Lincoln name? Lincoln Riley. He's 12 years old. He is older than Sean's son. He should not take that job. He's in Oklahoma and he's set up, but he's one of those guys that people love and he's sort of the hot guy. I don't know if he's going to come out of coaching, uh, college, but I mean, it'd be fun to watch. He could be the next, uh, Sean McVay. No, I was going to say Aaron Rodgers would be the next Kyler Murray. Is that his name? Kyler Murray? Yeah. yeah. 
Good job by you. But with the next Baker Mayfield, who Lincoln Riley coached in Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley, by the way, the former offensive coordinator at East Carolina University, where he worked with Ruffin McNeil until they made the jump to big old Oklahoma to big city. John, who would you like to see coach the Packers next? Wait, are, am I allowed to pick anybody out of anyone? or Vince Lombardi? Be... I don't give a crap. Whoever you want, man. Well, I would go. Sean picked, Sean picked uh, Mark Tressman and Hugh Jackson just to destroy the Packers. So pick whoever you I... want. I would go Sean McVay. No, 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 I, no, no. Realistic candidates. How's that not realistic? If I'm McVay, the, in my head, I'm thinking, all right, the only way I'm going to jump ship is if somehow the Packers job comes open so I can coach Aaron Rodgers. He's clearly the better Cal quarterback. Hey, hey by the uh, by the way. You have, you have to live in Green Bay versus Los Angeles, though. You well, got to so that. You, you live in way, LA and commute, man. You're making like $5 million a year. That's, Aaron, that's Aaron Rodgers. funny people commute. Aaron Rodgers turned 35 on Sunday and – his birthday present was Mike McCarthy getting fired. Are you? I, I think the Rams' job is better than the Packers' job, and I would I would almost argue that the Browns' job is better than the Packers' job. If anything about this loss to the Cardinals, when you look at what the Cardinals did, like Josh Rosen had 149 passing yards, he completed 11 passes. Uh, David Johnson <laughs> ran for 69 yards. Like I don't understand how the Packers lost. They didn't lose because Aaron Rodgers stinks. They lose because their whole team stinks. They're not good on defense. Mike Pettin didn't fix their defense. They, you know, they have Aaron Jones, who's fine running the ball, I guess. Uh, but you know, their, their offensive line hasn't been as good as it, it, it usually is. Jimmy Graham is old and busted. He's dealing with a, a mangled finger. Marquez Valdez Scantling and, and, uh, and, and Equinomia St. Brown. St. Brown are going to like be the answer here. Why do we see? I don't know. I don't think the Packers are. Tom Silverstein had an interesting piece for PackersNews.com where it's like, I don't know that the Packers are guaranteed to be good next year, even with the new head coach. They're in a tough division, too. Um, and the thing, no, is that is that false? You, yes, you think the Vikings and Bears are going to be terrible next you year? Just, I mean, you the Vikings are 6-5-1, and one, and the Lions are like 14 games under five hundred, well, and the, the Bears suck. are tanking. They Chase Daniel was their quarterback today, Sean. Did you watch them? So yeah, they lost, they yeah. lost to a three and eight Giants team. So yeah, the NFC average. North is not I good. Was, I before we got into the Sean trolling, I was going to ask a question, which was: Do the Packers? Do you think they have to hire an offensive minded coach, or yeah. do they go out and get like a Vic Fangio? I mean, they tried to hire Vic Fangio in the offseason as their defensive coordinator. I, um, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't be opposed to. You go. John Harbaugh leaves Baltimore. You hire John Harbaugh. Why is on John Harbaugh. You, he's been talking about this idea for like two years on this podcast. Oh, he's a special and team. Then, him and JLC have been talking about this Baltimore trade with with Green Bay. You go hire John Harbaugh. He cleans. Dream up, is dead now. He cleans up this mess, and you have him hire Cliff Kingsbury to be the offensive coordinator. And then it's just a dance party. This is this is what I don't like about that though, because then Kingsbury in two years when Rodgers takes off is going to get a head coaching job, and then you're just stuck with. Harbaugh as the coach, and you're hoping you find the next offensive coordinator again. Just uh, I like Harbaugh as a coach. I just don't think he's the right fit if the thing you're trying to fix is the offense. By the way, let me say one thing quickly about uh, the guy that was just fired, Mike McCarthy. 2005, offensive coordinator in San Francisco. He was in that room that said, I want Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> That's worth remembering. Uh, and also worth remembering, too, when, when people look at the potential head coaching candidates uh, of the Packers, their last three guys that they've hired, uh, not counting interim guys and uh, all that, uh, but uh, Ray. Uh, half not half of them named Mike. Yeah, yeah Mike Sherman. Uh, three of them. Three of them have been named Mike, right? Um, but the, uh, the pool. Mike Silver. There uh, you 
I don't think that would actually work because uh, he would bring in Hugh Jackson. So you'd be. <laughs> That's part of my plan. Sorry, three of the last four guys they've hired. I forgot they had Ray Rhodes there too. Uh, but Mike Holmgren was hired as a little known, uh, it's a, a smart offensive mind who worked under Bill Walsh as a San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator. Uh, Mike Sherman, also an, uh, a little unknown offensive coordinator, untested offensive coordinator. And Mike McCarthy, same deal. Had only been running the offense for a few years. So I don't know that they're not going to like go and spend a hundred million on Lincoln Riley or go hire a John Gruden type. They're probably going to go hire a, a lesser known offensive name who's, who's had a few years calling plays. Um, I think in 2018, we all know these coordinators a lot more, but like John Filippo would make sense in that regard. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Taylor, maybe the quarterback's coach for the, uh, the Rams and that's Sean McVay vein. One of those guys could potentially work out. Uh, Zach Taylor worked under Joe Philbin, who's now going to be the interim coach. I know Ryan's excited about that. Joe Philbin, fun fact, Ryan's favorite coach in, uh, NFL history. Moving on. Over Sean McDermott. He's being Ryan? sarcastic, Sean. Keep up. Answer the question. Try and keep up. No, not over Sean McDermott, you fool. (laughs) (laughs) fool. Uh, Elsewhere in the – this is wrong division. I don't care. Uh, In the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens went 26-16 to against the Atlanta Falcons. They go into Atlanta, and they win for the third straight time with Lamar Jackson starting Ryan Wilson. How – what's your – What's your uh, butt sweat level in terms of the Ravens catching the Steelers? <laughs> pretty low, pretty low. The Steelers have to win two games, and that'll have to be against the Raiders and uh, the Bengals to wrap it up. And the Bengals, uh, the Bengals, the uh, Ravens' schedule is, is pretty tough. And I think it's going to end up being the Steelers going to win the division by half a game if they beat the Raiders and, and the Bengals. Uh, here's the thing: like I watched this game pretty closely. The, the Falcons are trash. Matt Ryan's trash. He looked like dog doo doo. <laughs> Uh, they looked like so uninspired out there. They knew that the Ravens were going to run the ball 500 times. They had no answers for it. Lamar Jackson did not look great. Uh, not even close to looking great. Robert Griffin III came in after Jackson was kicked in the face and had to go get checked out for concussion. He came back a few series later. RG3 looked better. He wasn't substantially better, but he got the ball on time. He was throwing more accurately. He can still run just like Lamar Jackson can. And Lamar Jackson's electric when he gets on the outside, but I don't know how you, how you can sustain that type of offense long term. You might win three or four or five games. Maybe we'll string something together over the final month of the season. But long term, I don't know if this is sustainable unless he gets better. And he, of course, he can get better. But I, part of me wonders if Joe Flacco is healthy. Is John Harbaugh leaning towards going back to, to Joe Flacco down the stretch? Because Joe Flacco, at least you know what you have in the passing offense. You're not going to have anything in the running game. Alex Collins is now in the IR, so they have to figure that out. But I don't know if you're going to the playoffs. So that's your plan, and they could they're probably set to go to the playoffs. Are you okay going into the playoffs with Lamar Jackson knowing that he's going to be overmatched in probably cold weather conditions? And if you need to throw the ball late, you're going to, it's going to be impossible to do it. I think it's a concern. By the way, we have some breaking news on this podcast, guys. The Seattle Mariners and Philadelphia Phillies. Sean, do you already know about this? Yeah. You do? Are you disappointed? Are you sad? No, I, I, Mariners are trading Gene Segura to the Phillies for J.P. Crawford. The Mariners are tanking. Sean, I don't know who those players. Exactly, but what you need to know is that the Mariners. Sean is sad, and he's. he's I'm, apath- I'm apathetic. He understands it's, it's, that the Mariners. The Mariners have killed my baseball soul, and once they traded James Paxton, I was for trading everyone because I don't. Because what's the point? Um. Anyway, it's just fun to think about Sean's. The little glimmer of hope he has of the Bears this season dying off. 
in baseball. Spring, oh, by the way, quickly. Home uh, Springs so, Eternal. Home Springs Eternal in March, except for Mariners fans. Well, we uh, have time to troll Sean on baseball later. But uh, it's uh, at Kansas City next week for the Ravens. Tampa Bay, they should win that game at home. At the Chargers. Knowing the Chargers will try to screw the Steelers and lose that game, but then they finish at home against Cleveland. And who knows where Cleveland will be at that point? They're, they were up and down uh, on Sunday, but they played pretty well recently. Mostly down. So I think it's a tougher road to hoe, as my grandmother used to say, for the Ravens. No, that's true, but I think I can see the Ravens winning. I don't know. I don't think they'll beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, but I think they'll, I think that Lamar. How many? Huh? How many are they going to win out of those last four? I think they're going to go one. I think they're going to beat the Buccaneers at home. I think they'll be, I think they'll, if I they think go two and two and the Steelers go two and two. They're, they're on the outside looking in. They'll be, be a wild card at nine and seven. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to win the division. That's my concern. <laughs> Steelers fan. Okay, well, I mean, I think the Ravens are in pretty good shape to make the playoffs, and I think as long as they keep winning, you can't go back to Joe Flacco. The offense is more interesting. It's being more difficult for defenses to defend. Let Flacco rest and get healthy, and then pull the ripcord if you need to against the Chargers in Week 16. I would start Lamar Jackson against the Chiefs because the Chiefs' defense is doo doo. Right. You start Lamar Jackson against the Chiefs, hope that he throws him off, hope he can score, they can hold the ball and run the ball. Then you start him against the Buccaneers. And then if he struggles against the Chargers, which he might very well do, then you then you get him out of there. Uh, let's wrap up the AFC North chatter by mentioning that the Cincinnati Bengals, let's see, checks notes. Oh, yes, yeah, so here we go. The Cincinnati Bengals lost 24-10 to at, to the at home, I believe, to the Denver Broncos in a game that cost me $500. Because I had a money line, Sean, Sean got Sean's attention there. Uh, I had a money line parlay with the Giants, Buccaneers, and Bengals, and I bet on Jeff Driscoll for some stupid reason, twenty-five to win five hundred, and Jeff Driscoll cost me breach. I deserve that, don't I? For instance, if you bet on a quarterback making his first career start going up against Von Miller and the Broncos defense, that is a hundred percent on. You should have just burnt that money. The other team I was going to put in there was the Jaguars. Ah, sorry. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you that you, if you would have called me or text me, I know that uh, you deleted my number and we don't contact outside this podcast anymore. Sure. But I would have told you to stay far, far, far away from this game. The Bengals. We're hopeless. You know, I pick them to win probably 90% of the time if people read my picks. 90. This week, okay, probably 98% of the time. This week was a lock for a loss. I think I picked them to lose by like uh 10 points, double digits, and they ended up losing by double digits. And it was just all the Broncos had to do was sit back and wait for the Bengals to beat themselves, and that's exactly what they did. I know there's a lot of people who probably think that, uh, you know, the Broncos are in the wild card conversation now at six and six. The Broncos looked horrible. Like the Bengals have the worst defense, the NFL. It's an embarrassment to watch. And Case Keenum couldn't do anything against them. Uh, Philip Lindsay had a 65 yard touchdown run of the game, but you take that out. They didn't really do anything else. They all they did was play defense against Jeff Driscoll. And the only thing the Bengals did well all day was give the ball to Joe Mixon, who averaged like seven yards a carry. And because they're the Bengals, they gave up on that in the second half, even though it was only a one score game. Uh, and so it's full meltdown mode in Cincinnati, even though they're only two games out of a playoff spot. And after watching the Broncos play the Bengals, I am completely convinced that they have no shot at the playoffs. Both these teams are trash. Except the Broncos are like less smelly trash because they're better than the Bengals. Uh, but neither of these teams are playoff teams. And, uh, I sat through four quarters of this game and I feel like I deserve some sort of Christmas bonus, like a cookie. So please. Well, you don't think the Broncos are a playoff team? 
zero percent. I mean, it's just I'm not impressed with Case Keenum and Philip Lindsay's not going to go off every game. If if Philip Lindsay's all they have, you're just guys are going to load the box, and Case Keenum's not going to beat anyone in the playoffs or uh, to get them to the playoffs. You know, they're a game out, I think, right now. So no, I do not think the Denver Broncos are a playoff team. Uh, Seventeen percent chance. Excuse me, fifteen percent chance the Broncos make the playoffs if they were to win out. Be ninety. I will say they do have the easiest schedule of anyone left, and that is why they have the percentages. They have Forty Niners, Browns, Raiders, Chargers. and who knows what's going on with that Chargers game in Week Seventeen. If the Chargers need to clinch anything, how serious that? And that game's in Denver, so like schedule wise. But if I'm a playoff team, the Broncos are the team I would want to play in the first round. Uh, but no, I, I don't think they're going to make it. Hey, you might actually get a present breach for uh, for your whatever you're complaining about. You're like, I deserve a present for watching that game. Your present might be Hugh Jackson as the next Bengals coach, uh, and Marvin Lewis fired or, or sent to the front office. What do you think? About, what's your what's your take on this whole Bengals situation? Because my theory, after you know, t- sort of chatting it out, is that um, Mike Brown's too cheap to to pay a coach. He don't want to pay two. You don't want to pay multiple coaches going into a lockout. So he's going to get Hugh in there. Be cheap with Hugh, who's getting offset money from the Browns for the next few years, and just ride out Hugh until the lockout ends, until he dies or something like that. Here's the crazy thing is that if they hire Hugh Jackson, and, and this would be completely within the realm of possibility because that's how Mike Brown is. He wants to hire somebody he's familiar with. He wants to hire somebody he can control like a puppet, uh, and that's how – Marvin Lewis kind of broke off that because he's been there for so long, but now he's just got a tight relationship with Mike Brown. Long story short, I would say there's a 50% chance this is going to happen, so it's it's absolutely realistic. But if it does happen, it just shows how out of touch Mike Brown is. If you hire a guy who went 1-31 in over the past two seasons, you're basically giving up your future. Nobody's going to show up at these games. Who is going to pay money to watch Hugh Jackson coach a football team? No one in their right mind would ever do that. I would rather watch Sean Skype his mom. You guys have fun conversations, don't you? Let me. I don't Skype with my mom actually. Oh, uh, a bad son. We, we can talk. Are you on Mother's that. Day? I, I mean, I call but her. But yeah, I mean, it's do, the do, Hugh Jackson do, would do, be a disaster. I hope they don't do it. Do you at least Facetime with her? No, I'm not. I don't Facetime with my dad either. What are we talk on the phone? How often? How many times a week? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no. Answer you know, the question. This isn't a, answer, this isn't a, answer the question. Interrogate Sean. That's on personal life. He has questioned my sex life first. Now you're questioning my with family. I'm not standing for this. I was going to ask Breach an important question. Which answer was, the question. How many times a week do you talk to your mom? It's less than zero. It's, yeah, no, no, no. If we're averaging out, it's it's probably between zero and one. You got to be better than that. Uh, On the phone? Uh, first of all, I don't you believe. Write a letter, I don't believe it's. I don't believe does, it's. Does, that, does texting count? If we're counting uh, texting, no, then. texting doesn't count. Uh, first of all, I don't believe it's less than one or zero or one. That's a meat. That's like my level of disrespect to a to a parent. I think it's probably closer to like five. And you're scared. You'd rather sound like a dirt bag on here than, than sound yeah. like. I a, can I can show you my phone, my call log. It'll be a bunch of ordering tacos and stuff. <laughs> you order tacos on your phone? Yeah, I, I live right next to a taco truck, so you call Walk it in. Walk over there and get it. Oh. Los Canteros? No, I, that, that is one of my go-to places, though, when I want to go for a sit-down. That's If you're ever in Oakland, right, everyone. What the, what's the important question you want to ask Breach? Oh, I want to ask him, Andy Dalton just had surgery, and he made comments about how he feels like he's been given no indication that they're ready to move on. 
even though his contract, they can cut him, I believe, without any financial consequences. Marvin Lewis came out on Friday and said a lot of GMs are trying to find the next Andy Dalton, and a lot of franchises would kill to have Andy Dalton. It certainly sounds like they're going to roll into the next season with Andy Dalton. So I guess, to me, that especially if they're going to keep losing games here and get a good pick, I think that's insane if they don't at least draft a quarterback. You can still keep Dalton maybe as a bridge quarterback. I just, I guess I want to know what Breach thinks if they should roll in with Andy Dalton next year and if they will. Uh, like the same thing with the coach, uh, Mike, Mike Brown is a quarterback guy. He hates making change and he's going to roll with Dalton as long as he has him on the cheap and he has him on the cheap. The contract's paying him, uh, under $16 million a year for the next two years. That is a bargain basement price for a quarterback who has gotten you the playoffs like five times in eight years. So I, I think they'll ride him, and that's also factors in if you hire Hugh Jackson or if Marvin Lewis stays. You're absolutely keeping Andy Dalton because Hugh Jackson has that familiarity. So basically, Bengals fans, if they hire Hugh Jackson, you're signing up for three more years of everyone. Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis in the front office, Hugh Jackson on the sideline. It'll be a nightmare that we'll be reliving every week. Sounds like years. sounds like a disaster. I'll get you tickets. Texans and Browns. The Texans, I got to tell you. I'm impressed by the Texans, and I, I, we were on this podcast like a month ago, or maybe a month and a half ago. We we're like, the Texans are clown frauds. They've won three games. Now one of their games is good. This is the worst, most humiliating three game winning streak in NFL history. And now they've won nine straight games. And I get that they only beat the Browns, but the way that they're doing it, they're managing to bottle teams up. On defense, by using their defense, J.J. Watt's playing really well. Tyron Matthews has been a big X factor added to that defense, way bigger than I think anybody really expected, uh, given what he was coming off of in Arizona. Um, and Lamar Miller's running the ball well into Sean Watson. I just think, like, when they get to the playoffs and they're going to the playoffs, this division should be over at this point, given that they're, uh, now at nine and three and the Colts fell to, uh, to six and six, that, that this is a team that is going to be dangerous in the playoffs because they have up there they're loaded with stars and if those stars are healthy ryan they can win games no they're not they'll they might win their first playoff game <laughs> well we just had this conversation unless they get the number one overall seed they're going to lose it's going to come down to the chiefs maybe the chargers and the patriots and, and that's the truth i agree the uh, titans are playing they're uh, the titans the uh, texans are balling out um who they play on national television last week that game was amazing. The that Titans. Was fan- they smashed the Titans. That was one of their best games of the season. They smashed the Dolphins on a Thursday. They've only given up 21 points three times in this nine-game winning – more than 20 points three times in this nine-game winning streak. One was the Dolphins in that blowout game. Um, the other uh, to uh, the, the Colts in that overtime game. And then they gave up 21 to the Redskins. I mean, they're just playing really good defense. Defense is balling out. And uh, Jadavion Clowney's playing well. We know what J.J. Watt can do. Whitney Merciless in a new role. He's playing well. The back end, you're missing Tyron, uh, Tyron Matthew, uh, Matthew is playing well. And they're doing this without Kevin Johnson, their former first-round pick, their cornerback. So, um, And I, I love Deshaun Watson. I Also, uh, one, one of us picked the Titans, the, the Texans, and won the division. I don't remember who. But. There's you. Good job by you. Good job by you. All right. Could they beat the Chargers or Steelers in a wild-card game? Yeah, in, in, te- in Houston, absolutely. That's a troll of you. The Steelers should be yeah, I, Look, I, I'm not. I'm not our boss. I'm not a Giants fan who's going to say, no matter what, the Giants are terrible. But they won two Super Bowls. <laughs> the Giants. The Giants are terrible. Um, you know to- what's crazy about the swing streak, real quick, is that they could potentially end the season having only beaten one team that finishes above 500. Like, 
I don't know what scheduling gods put together the Texans schedule, but this thing just fell into place. And the reason we keep calling it the worst seven game winning streak in history, the worst eight game winning streak in history, the worst nine game winning streak is because dumb things keep happening. Baker Mayfield threw the game away today. Uh, and then we saw that last week where somehow they trashed the Titans, even though Mariota completed like every single pass he threw. You know, and they beat the Redskins, the Broncos, the Dolphins, all these completely average or below average teams. I just feel like we don't really know how good the Texans are because they haven't played the top tier. You know, we don't see them against the Chiefs or the Chargers. They played the Patriots, but they lost. Uh, so this is just like a fascinating team. And, you know, they might end with 12 wins and 11 of them are against teams that finish six and 10 or seven and nine. So, uh, it, they're a conundrum. Texas. What are the chances they win either in Kansas City or New England in the divisional round? I put it at under 5%. Uh, zero. They're not going I, into New England and beating the Patriots. Bill yeah, I'd give them a better chance against the Chiefs. Yeah, I think they, they can hang with the Over Chiefs. Over 5%? Yeah, 20%. Right. Sean says negative 2%. No one messes with my Chiefs. Um, elsewhere, just checking to see from Impeccable. Yes, just checking to see if you're paying attention, Sean. Um, we're going to very quickly discuss this game because it's stunk. The Jaguars beat the uh, Indianapolis Colts 6-0, to which means that the Jaguars have now been involved in two, count them, two games this season that involve 15 or less points, at least, I believe. They might might be more. Uh, the only thing I'll say about Jacksonville is that NC State is going to Jacksonville to play in a bowl game this year. Isn't that exciting? Are you going? Uh, no, I don't think so. My wife won't let me. I went to Louisville and, uh, and that, that Louisville. Uh, Texas A&M. Oh, that'll be a good game. Yeah. Manziel might be there. You should show up. Maybe we'll go hang out with Manziel again, John. Um, <laughs> Andrew Luck, 33 of 52 for 248 yards. Again, the Colts scored zero points. Not a good look. The Jaguars defense actually showed up. Jalen Ramsey balled out. Uh, it was clear they were ticked off. Tom Coughlin and Tony Khan were going nuts up in the press, up in the, up in the, little, the owner's box. Um, Cody Kessler, this is the important thing about the Jaguars. Cody Kessler, 18 of 24 for 150 yards. No turnovers. He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't bortles it all over the place. It allowed the Jaguars to play good defense. They're not good, but they're four and eight now. The Colts are six and six and probably getting close to dead in the water. They're certainly out of it in the division, I would think, but, but maybe out of it, um, for the playoffs in general. Elsewhere in stinky game territory, the Dolphins are, by the way, the seventh seed in the AFC, sneaky, six and six now, beat the Bills 21 to 17. Did you ever think in your life, John Breach, that you would see Josh Allen rush for 135 yards in a game and underthrow a Hail Mary at the end of it? Uh, no, I didn't think I'd see either of those things. And the thing is, it's all ironic because all that hype I heard from Prisco, I didn't think Allen would run. And I thought with his cannon arm, there's no way he would ever underthrow anyone. Uh, and the thing was, this final play with Charles Clay, it was and, – and the Bills put up over 400 yards of offense. The Dolphins under 200. So, like, the fact that they lost was shocking, but they still had a chance to win. And it was just like anybody who watched that play, Charles Clay was so wide open. I don't know how you get that wide open on a fourth down play. And all Allen had to do was get about six more inches of umph into it, and he just underthrew it. But uh, I'll tell you, I've been way more impressed with him than I thought I would be. You know, I didn't think he was going to be that good. It's good coaching. It's good coaching. Thank Uh, you. Hey, let me ask this. (laughs) By the way, the Bills Bills had 415 yards to 175 yards, and they lost 21 to 17. That's bad. 
I, I yeah, and, and, and if another team had done that, we'd be killing the coach like we killed Dirk Cotter whenever up, the Bucks do up, that. Shut your shut mouth. Up, shut your mouth. Don't shut your shit. mouth. Sean, Sean, Sean. But seriously, I was watching up, Josh Allen play. I'm talking, Sean. You're <laughs> the adults are talking. <laughs> the adults are talking about uh, Sean, Sean. You shut your Sean. I like mouth. that Ryan laughed at his own joke there too. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the only way they get laughs. Sean's uh, going to retire from the podcast. No way. This is all he has going I, I saw it to defend my bears. We still <laughs> this and the tacos is all he has going for him. Uh, I would rather have Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson was the point I was going to make. I think Josh Allen is playing better wow. than – they both can run, and one of them can throw more consistently than the other. It ain't like Josh Allen's lighting it up, but I feel more comfortable with him dropping back than I do with Lamar. That's a, that's yeah, a, but wasn't Josh – I mean, Josh Allen, where did he get picked? Was it 10? No, it was – sorry, 9. They're both first-round quarterbacks. But, yeah, I, mean, I no, think there's a big difference between top seven. 10 and last pick of the first round where Lamar Jackson wasn't even really supposed to play this year. It was supposed to be a developmental year. Nobody loved the Josh Allen pick. Yeah. No one. Everybody Frisco. loved Lamar Frisco Jackson. Frisco loved it for the record. He's so. a, he's a gamer. He's an alpha male. He's going to come in there and step up and be an alpha dog. He's a dog. Who was he throwing to in college? Yeah, he's a bar- bouncers and bartenders. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Moving along. <laughs> The Jets and Titans. Hey, I've ever heard Sean laugh. Good job. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I gotta tell you, so uh, midway through like the the four p.m. games, I got off. A, I was downstairs. I was helping take, watch my son. I was. Um, I got off a red zone, and I just started flipping back and forth between the Chiefs game and the Vikings Patriots game, just whichever one was uh, commercial or whatever, whichever one was more interesting. And um, I didn't realize it until I looked on NFL Jesus. That the Jets, uh, the Jets didn't win. The Titans managed to win that game. They won 27, 26 to 22. They stormed back. The Jets were leading, I believe it's, uh, 16 to nothing. And the Titans somehow stormed back on like the, the strength of Ryan Supp, Ryan Suckup blasting field goals. Marcus Mariota hits Corey Davis for a touchdown late. They win 26 to 22. Do the Titans have a prayer in hell, uh, Sean of making the playoffs? No. Because, I mean, what, they're a game out behind the, the Ravens? But I know. Say that again? But they're tough, too. Yeah, I just, I think there are too many teams in that cluster. And I, I know Breach was talking about the Broncos not being a playoff team. I don't think they're a playoff team either, but I think teams like the Broncos There's four are te- better four than teams, them. There's four teams, Miami, Indianapolis, Denver, and Tennessee at 6-6. Six and six, And it's in that order because of the various tiebreakers. I would take Indianapolis and Denver over both of them. So I, I think it's too much of a log jam for them to clear. Okay. The good news is that the Bengals are 11th, so they're still in it. In the hunt. Do we think Mike Vrabel's doing a good job with the Titans? I can't tell. They're all over the place. I'm I do. Kidding. I just wonder about Marcus Mariota because he is so Jekyll and Hyde. You never know which Mar- right. Mariota's going to show up. And I feel like that, although against Houston, that defense was terrible. They they just gave up at like at halftime. But I feel like Mike Vrabel's doing a pretty good job. But, you know, much in the way we talk about Matt Patricia, well, he's terrible. But Great Caldwell, segue. Great segue. Segue to it. Segue to it. The Browns. Well, the, Caldwell the Browns. went 9-7 and seven, but two years in a row, and, and Matt Patricia's over there dressing like a you know beach bum, getting mad at people for not giving him respect. And the Lions are 4-8 and eight after losing to the 11-1 and one Rams, 30-16 to 16 at home. Matthew Stafford, 20-33 of 33 for 245 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, his leading receiver was Levine Tolaluilu. 
Uh, Bruce Ellington all said 10 targets, 7 catches, 35 yards, which tells you about the state of things in Detroit. This is just a bad football team, and the Rams smashed them. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't really ever close, and the Rams uh, handled their business. Todd Gurley started out slow and then ended up finishing with 23 carries for 132 yards and two touchdowns. Could have been three. Actually, ended up diving in there anyway, so I guess that doesn't count. Jared Goff was not good in this game. Do anything to take away from this other than the, the the Rams clinched the NFC West? Anybody? Anybody? Anything? I have a question for you guys. Sure. Princeton just said the Lions are not a good football team. Is it they're not a good football team, or is Matt Patricia not a good coach? B. Mm. They went nine and seven in back to back years with Jim Caldwell, and we used to crush him for being you know not doing anything over like a bump on a log. What's Matt Patricia done? Lost. Just like yell, yell at reporters. Lost in humiliating fashion at the Jets at home on Monday Night Football? I don't know what, what he brings to this team that makes them better. I haven't seen one example of it. They beat the Patriots, as you just said. That's it. Look, he's, it I, I, a conspiracy I, game. I'm with you. Yeah, but conspiracy I, game. I just don't think, like, it doesn't matter. He's not getting fired. Like, Bob Quinn hired him. It doesn't matter if you're a Lions fan and you're paying. Like, Breach is talking about they're going to bring Hugh Jackson back. He wants to pay to see that nonsense. That's a fair point. Some guy dressed up in a sweatsuit over there. Looking like he's late for work at the finish line. <laughs> and blasting reporters for not being dressed up, yeah. Uh, all right, we're not going to spend too much time talking about because we, we can blast Matt Patricia later. San Fran and Seattle. The Seattle Seahawks won 43-16. to It wasn't that close either. Uh, Bobby Wagner had a massive game. 12 total tackles, a sack, an interception. He returned 98 yards for a touchdown. And the Seahawks absolutely rolled in this game. It was, I mean, I'm telling you, it was, it was never, uh, it was never close. And then, but it was a fourth quarter 98 yard interception return for a touchdown that maybe sealed a fantasy game for me. Russell Wilson had, uh, three touchdowns at one point on six passing attempts, finished with, finished 11 of 17 for 185 yards and four touchdowns. He's playing really well. Nick Mullins threw it for 400 yards for the 49ers. Dante Pettis had 129 receiving yards. The 49ers were eliminated from playoff contention. The Seahawks cannot clinch the division, but man, they are in great shape, Sean. To potentially make the playoffs, they're the fifth seed right now, and they look like to me an absolute lock to make the postseason. With Minnesota at home, San Francisco on the road, Kansas City at home, and Arizona at home remaining on their schedule. Yeah, and I know you update the playoff picture. They're in right now, right? They're, the, the, they're the fifth seed today. Yep, and they own important tiebreakers because they beat the Panthers, and that that could end up being a huge win. Although the Panthers currently look like they might not ever win a game again. Um, but no, I mean. I don't know. I don't want to overreact to this game as the reason why the Seahawks are good. I think we've known for a few weeks now that the Seahawks are good, um, and they did what a good team is supposed to do. And I will say, very cool of them, they celebrated by recreating the tip in the end zone because it was a Richard Sherman return to San Francisco. Um, so that was pretty cool to see in the end zone. Uh, I, I firmly believe Ryan Wilson died on us in the middle of this podcast. It's a real shame. John, I firmly believe that if the Seattle, if the playoffs started today, the Seahawks would be underdogs by like four and a half, five in Dallas, and they would go to Dallas and Russell Wilson would curb stomp the Cowboys. What do you think? I mean, I don't disagree at all. I look at the playoff field and I kind of think there's no team that the Seahawks can't beat. That doesn't mean I think they're going to the Super Bowl, but we saw them getting two crazy shootouts with the Rams. Both of them, I think one was five points, one was two or three points. So it's like we know they can play with the Rams. Uh, I, I, we saw them play the Bears earlier this season, but that was prime time in Chicago. I don't think the Seahawks were fully prepared for how good the Bears were, but they would be in a potential rematch. Uh, I think the Seahawks defense 
and the Cowboys defense kind of cancel each other out. I like the Seahawks better on offense. So like, I just think Seattle is really good and they could arguably beat any team in the NFC. And that doesn't mean they will, but I think they're the most well-rounded team that matches up with every other team really well. I think they could play with the Saints too. So yeah, I, I, what you said, I do think they could go to Dallas and uh, curb stomp them. The other team that was involved in the playoff discussion, Sean mentioned the Carolina Panthers, they are uh, a would-be playoff contender, and they went and had one of the all-time worst losses you will ever see from a team that is supposed to be in the playoffs. Coming in on a three-game skid, going down to Tampa to play against a terrible Buccaneers team that was 4-7 and seven coming in, has one of the worst defenses in football. They go down there and lose 24-17 to 17 on a day when Cam Newton threw four interceptions on a day when Jason Lockefora, our CBS Sports NFL insider, as he hinted on this very podcast last week, for those that listen, that he was going to report on this, David Tepper is mulling, making a move at the head coaching position. They got lit up. They lose Greg Olson for the year. Um, Christian McCaffrey had another monster game, 100 uh, rushing yards as well as 50 receiving yards, but it was all for naught because of how bad Cam played and how off – the, uh, the, the Panthers looked in general. Uh, Jameis Winston outplayed Cam. And I think when you look at this Panthers team and you see what they got left, they have four games. Two of them are against the freaking Saints. There's no way this team's making the playoffs. And they're going to fire a bunch of people. And they're going to bring in some offensive, some young offensive savant to work with Cam Newton and to institute some crazy sort of scheme that will make Cam Newton, like accentuate Cam Newton's skill set. And I don't think I hate it, even though I kind of like Ron Rivera. Wait a second. You were all up in Norbell's business at the beginning of the year, and Cam's completing more passes than ever. Suddenly, he's a problem? No, Cam's not the problem. I just think that – I think Ron Rivera – I think Ron Rivera is a really good coach of uh, – he's a good leader of men. I think he's a good coach. I think he coaches the defense up well. He's a really good guy in the community. He's beloved down there. People like it. But – but he stinks in game, and he's a conservative defensive coach. And, and we've been talking about he's this. He's like Riverboat Ron. No, he's analytical Ron. He doesn't want to be Riverboat Ron. They need Don't a Riverboat. Both horrible nicknames. He, I feel like he hasn't made – I guess he did a gopher two earlier this year. Better but. than Riverboat Sean. <laughs> no one calls me Riverboat Sean. Steamboat Sean. I call you Steamboat. That's horrible. I don't know Steamboat. what that Steamboat. <laughs> Sean the tank engine. <laughs> Steve. Like anytime I try to make a point on this podcast today, I'm just getting railroaded with comments that are just meant to distract me and knock you. off my game. However, I will stay focused and I will stay driven and I'll stay on the point. Won't like, let the like outside a, noise like distract me. Like a steamboat journey to port. <laughs> well, Sean, do you think that uh, Norv Turner is a problem? Like, I, I don't understand. Brinson was all up in Norv's business. I, I got to agree with what you're saying, Ryan, because it, it's funny how fast this has changed where three weeks ago, we were talking about how, oh, and they play the Saints twice at the end of the year. They can steal the division. And now suddenly it's like, oh, they play the Saints twice. Like now they're not going to win another game. Um, I don't, uh, I think Brinson's probably watched the Panthers closer than I am. I'm a little bit confused about what's going on because prior to the Pittsburgh game, I was at least talking them up as a for sure wildcard team. And I was with Brinson. I was saying that they could maybe steal the South. Now I have no idea what's going on. I, I admittedly didn't watch much of this game. Um, but look, Cam, you didn't Cam looked, James Winston Cam, into one turnover. What are you doing? Cam looked like grade A dog crap, as Ryan Wilson would say. He looked awful. He's slinging the ball. I think he's hurt. Might have a shoulder issue. He's slinging the ball everywhere. Is it hard? But he's not game? playing poorly because North Turner is, I'm not, is I'm not playing the game different. No, I'm no, not, I just, I'm, I'm not saying you are, but I'm clarifying. I'm you're saying that you fire Rivera. They're going to fire Rivera because he's a conservative defensive coach. And you were okay with that. You just said that. 
but that's, that's not blaming Norv Turner on. I'm saying they, they want to get a young, aggressive, offensive-minded coach in there. David Tepper just paid $2.5 billion for this team. He's not going to sit you there. should also point out what Rivera said in response to Tepper's or to JLC's report said, about Tepper. Tell Lock and Fora to S. Uh, he said. Uh, he said. I don't want to hear about sources. Go ask David Tepper what he's thinking about doing. Look, David Tepper has a pair of actual brass testicles on his desk at Appaloosa Management. He does. Read it, read it, read a profile of him. You think this guy won't fire someone for a two, for a $2.5 billion company that he runs? Please. He'll fire Ron Rivera. Because he has brass testicles on his table? Yeah, he likes to, yeah. He's a nut job. Fire anybody. Right. If you have brass testicles on your office. Would you fire him, Brinson? Uh, begrudgingly, yes. Why begrudgingly? Who would you, who would you go get? I mean, Ron Rivera's won a lot with the Panthers, but I think he's got a cap ceiling and I think that he is too conservative. Every time the Panthers have a big lead, he lets it slip away. I don't, I don't know who you go get. I mean, like, I think the Panthers would be interesting to go talk to Lincoln Riley about. I think Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley with Cam Newton would be fun. I know you can hear me. Sean. (laughs) Keep going. They, look, the Panthers are at the Browns this week, next week, in week 13, week 14. They gotta win that game or else they're done. Um, and then they have the Saints at home, Falcons at home, and then at the Saints. They're in, they're in deep, they're in deep doo doo. They're, and that's a very losable game. I mean, I think they're one and five on the road. Sure. They, yeah, they've been terrible on the road. The only road win they have is, um, against the Eagles in, uh, in week seven when they were just kicking off that. They, they, they've lost four games since they, this is the Steelers thumped them 52 21 on that Thursday night football game. Uh, three of those are on the road. They could rip off four wins here and still make the playoffs. They have to win those four games though. They're not going to get into, they're not going to get into the wild card nine and seven. They're going to need 10 wins because What's they. What's the percentages, uh, the you got in front of you? Cause they're yeah. not going. Well, I'll they're tell done. You. Well, and here's the other thing about the Panthers too. They don't have a head to head matchup. Head-to-head tiebreaker against the Redskins or the Seahawks, the two teams that they're going to be battling for in the, in the wild card race. Um, if you look at the Panthers, their percentage is twenty-eight. I don't know why it has to fluctuate like that. Just give me the stinking number. Seventeen percent, according to the Upshot. Um, if they win out, analytical Brinson, by the way. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> so there, Sean. I mean, got you there, Will. You busted me, Steamboat. He, he was waiting the whole podcast to use they that. Got it. Oh, got it. I wrote, I wrote it down, guys. Oh, Steamboat got me. Uh, 97% chance that they make the playoffs. If they lose this week, their percent chances of making the playoffs will drop from 17% to 8%. So they need to so, win this week. They're not making the playoffs. They're done. They're done. I feel they're like. Losing. The last two seeds are going to be Seattle and Minnesota. Well, the the Panthers also suffered a blow because even though the Saints lost on Thursday to the Cowboys, that was actually bad for them because it means it's very unlikely that Sean Payton will now rest his starters in Week 17 because he is trying to catch the Rams and to get that number one overall seed. So they're going to have to play the Saints at full strength twice. Uh, the Falcons will try and beat him because the Falcons are the Falcons and the Panthers hate each other. I think the Panthers are in uh, in in deep poo. As Ryan. Ryan made a face at me when I said the Vikings and the Seahawks were going to grab the two wild card spots. Um, who would you pick? I don't see what Washington can do. I mean, you, we just got to finish trashing Kirby Cousins. Yeah, but he's he's not he's not a Colt McCoy. Like he plays poorly against good teams, but they're not going to have to play. Have you looked at their schedule? Washington or Minnesota, they're both losing in the first round. Have you looked at their schedule? The Vikings they're going to go at Seattle and they have to play Chicago in Week 17. And Chicago, might it, it is at home though. 
Yeah, they're off. Who do they play in between there? Don't they play Miami, the Miami, Detroit? But if you go two and two, you're not making the playoffs. Eight six. You might. You might. Carolina might not eight, win another game. They might win one more game. Eight seven and one's not getting in. Steamboat's losing steam. Well, why? Why can't it get in right now? Washington's holding the sixth seed at six and five. I don't. I don't know if Washington's getting to nine wins. Well, I don't know if Carolina. We just talked about Carolina's schedule. I don't know if they're getting to nine wins. Is Philadelphia getting to nine wins at five and six? Tampa Bay, baby. Okay, so if you're saying eight, seven, and one can get to the playoffs, you know who's still alive then, the John? Packers. The Packers. Nice. Your boy Aaron Rodgers. They don't even I, have a coach. I'm That's on the record. It's an, until they're, they are mathematically eliminated, I don't believe that you can kill Aaron Rodgers. They could win their last four games if Rodgers just goes. If, and, like, I could totally see Rodgers Ooh. going, oh, my on God. An what if we get an FU tour after they fired McCarthy? What if we got Aaron Rodgers 8-7-1 and one in the playoffs against the Bears in the first round? Yes. Give it to it's me. Give it to no, me. I, I, this, this is what I expected. The to steamboat has crashed into the water. It's <laughs> By the way, you guys spend, for the listeners don't know, you guys spend half your time in Slack on a work day creating dumb nicknames with combinations of my name that don't even make sense. <laughs> and somehow Steamboat Sean is the worst nickname you've come up with. You guys just pick Should've random words that. and put it in front of my name and laugh crazy thinking that it's a funny nickname when it makes no sense. Never once during the season has Sean gotten this angry about the Bears being terrible. But you start calling him Steamboat and forget he is no, done. The, the funny thing is, I, out of all okay. the Steamboat stupid names swimming. you guys call me, Steamboat Sean at least – I don't know. I could rationalize that. There's, I can probably, I can do some research into steamboats and come up with some good reason why it's a compliment. But everything else you guys come up with is garbage. And the fact that this Charger is maybe one of the garbage? best ones you've come so. up with. I tell you, I took till one thirty in the morning on a Sean week thirteen podcast. You know, I've been up since five forty-five. I'm now spending my last hours of my day getting endlessly mocked by you guys. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying here. I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm at the end of my line. Here. Are you saying you're running out? Of, are you saying you're running out? <laughs> okay, of steam? no, 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 no. All right, okay, we have one more game to talk about. Fortunately, you don't have to talk about it, Sean. It's just the Bears losing to the Giants, thirty to twenty-seven. Anything you care to say about this game? Um, I'm not <laughs> big, big, big picture. I'm not upset about it or worried about it because the Bears just went one and one with Chase Daniel with on two road games and that first game they very easily could have lost they had a pick six in the fourth quarter to take the lead and then they had a goal line stand in the final minute to win that game um so I think they are fortunate to go one and one with the quarterback as bad as Chase Daniel I think today's game was not just about Chase Daniel failing which I can excuse because he's Chase Daniel he's not a good player um he he went one and one. I think he did his job. If you have a backup quarterback in there, your entire purpose is to just tread water, and they accomplish that. Um, that being said, he did the one thing he couldn't do today, which is turn the ball over. Um, first play of the game is a pick six. He had another awful interception. He had a couple fumbles that they were lucky to recover. Um, I thought Matt Nagy had one of his worst coaching performances. Jordan Howard was actually running the ball well for the first time in about a month, maybe over a month. And they barely ran the ball in the second half in a close game. Um, I think the Bears, while they had a miraculous comeback, I think they should have went for two at the end of the game. Uh, I think the defense was not playing well down the stretch. And I think, um, I think you could see they were tired. They weren't playing well. And that's my last point is I think you have a backup quarterback and you have a defense like that. 
you need your defense to play up to its supposed talent level, and I think the Bears' defense also did not play that well today. I, I'm going to ask you this, and you're going to think I'm trolling you, but I'm not. I'm really generally asking. You're right. This. You're right. I will think you're trolling me, but yeah. go ahead and ask it. What do you? What chance? What percent chance do you give the Bears of missing the playoffs? This is definitely going to be used as a soundbite in Week 17 when the Bears lose to the Vikings and miss the playoffs. Zero percent. Okay, I just, I think, I think the results went in their perfect favor today with the Vikings losing, the Panthers losing, um, they have the head to head tiebreaker over the Seahawks and the Packers losing. Um, and for all schedule, that I keep saying about, their schedule's a little like, oh no, I agree. The schedule's tough, but they're going to get Trubisky back probably this week. Call me crazy, but I think they can beat the Rams at home. I mean, the Lions hung with the Rams today. You're crazy. Um, you're crazy. I'm crazy. You're crazy, Steamboat. You're crazy. What do you think the line on that game is going to be? Uh, in Chicago, the Rams will be favored by three and a half. Oh, I'm no taking same. the Bears for sure. Okay, I mean, I, I did not. I think they can hang with the Rams. They can, they can beat the Rams. They'll, they should beat the Packers at home. They should, with un, unquestionably, throttle the 49ers in if tr- San if, Francisco. If, if Trubisky's playing, they're 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 killing the 49ers. Um, I think, I still think the division comes down to week 17. I think the Bears will have a game lead, um, but it'll be a situation where if the Vikings can win and tie them up, I think the Vikings will take the division. But I think the, the Vikings, the Vikings would as have I was half, saying a second ago. The Vikings would have a half game because of the tie. Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, so like uh, the, yeah. I know, a tie actually would have been pretty important for the Bears, um, today when they went to overtime. Um, but no, I, I think the Vikings and the Bears both make the playoffs. I think it's important that the Bears get home field because I think they're a better team at home by a wide margin. Um, but no, I'm not worried about the Bears missing the playoffs because I think all the results outside of their own game went in their favor. The, uh, the, the percentages, I mean, you're, you're right. Like I don't, it's, it's very unlikely to happen. They're at 90, they're currently at 95% to make the playoffs right now. It would be a, it would be an historical, uh, you know, just on something we've never really seen before in terms of collapse. If the Bears managed to miss the playoffs and we would take that soundbite and play it over and over again. The Bears aren't missing the playoffs. They're a good football team. They lost with their backup quarterback on the road. If they get the 10 wins, if they get the 10 wins that are good, and there's no way they're not getting 10 wins with those four games. They just have to win two of their final four games. Thank you, Breach. Because then the Vikings, to get to 10, would have to win all their final games, and they're not winning. The Vikings are not going 4-0 to end the season. My big takeaway is that um, Eli Manning is going to be the quarterback in 2019. (laughs) In Chicago or in New York? No, in New York. They're going to bring it back. Yeah, no, 100% that's happening. Uh, the Giants, the average, Giants are winning. 4.9 yards per attempt today. They, they don't care. They're bringing it back. They, they know they can't get anybody in the draft. They know they don't want to get, like, Derek Carr's on an upgrade. Uh, Blake Portals and, you know, I mean, like, who, like, like who are they going to get? Would Andy Dalton make They're going to draft. Why can't they Eli Manning or Andy Dalton? Yeah. There's not anybody in this draft class. It stinks. Ask draft expert Ryan Wilson. Ryan. Eli, Eli for Andy straight up. Who says no? <laughs> Bengals. I mean, I don't like Andy Dalton, but come on. All right, what's uh? Do we have a bit? Do do we have Will Brinson's memorial missed game of the week on the schedule, or did I get every game? I think I got every game, didn't I? I usually yep. forget at least one game per week. <laughs> Somebody was like, "Hey, did you talk about the Panthers on the podcast?" I was like, "Well, this Game of Thrones monopoly thing sort of derailed <laughs> it, and then it didn't happen, and we talked about it." Uh, Sean, do you have a big milk hot take of the week? Um, I have two things. No. One, I wish I had the stats pulled up. 
but I feel like this week was one of the worst quarterback weeks of the entire season. As we're going through these games and I click, I'm clicking through box scores, I've seen so many quarterbacks averaging less than five yards per attempt. You had Cousins, you had Rodgers, you had Eli. There were a couple more I saw. Um, bad week for quarterback play. Drew Brees played terribly. Jared Goff played terribly. A bad week for MVP candidates. Andrew Luck probably fell out, couldn't even score a single point. Um, so bad week for MVP candidates and in a historic passing year, just a bad passing week. Lastly, because this is a football podcast, I want to give a shout out to Arsenal Football Club in London for an incredible win over Tottenham. It's London all stays about red. Philip. <laughs> incredible win, one that I will remember for years. Sean was very happy this morning when I when I talked to him. So this he, is why I'm not mad about the Bears. I did think it was yeah. funny. I was like, I was like, man, I was like, Sean's not in Slack. He sure is tweeting a lot. Uh, it was. I mean, it was six a.m. You're, you're not waking up at six and starting work. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do a radio hit in like four hours. So uh, let's call this a night. It's a good podcast. Well, we managed to talk about uh, baseball and soccer. Are there any other sports we need to squeeze in? Gee, Sean. Any lacrosse? Anybody got any lacrosse? Uh, speaking of lacrosse, uh, Bill Belichick cursed out Adam Thielen on the sidelines. That was, that was fun. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. What do you think? Uh, one quick Steelers note. Uh, if James Conner's hurt, they're screwed too also. so Jalen Samuels, they baby. Call, they called it a contusion, by the way, which sounds better than a, a break or a tear, obviously. So. Do you wish they'd sign Le'Veon Bell now? I told you guys that when Le'Veon was goofing off towards the deadline. So we shall see. Brought it back. All right, we'll uh, we'll do this again next week, guys. It's always fun for uh, John Breach at John Breach on Twitter, for Ryan Wilson at Ryan Wilson CBS, and for Steamboat Swimmy Magoo at Sean. I knew you were going to do that. I had my middle finger ready. 